30 hours old. And, uh, and I was able to jump on the hospital. It's like, Grace, move over, you know, shuffle over. And I was able to jump on the hospital bed with Grace and have our daughter in the middle of us. And we were able to get our phone out and, and, and join into church, right? Uh, that's amazing that we can do that in 2020. So thankful that we're able to access that and, and have that technology. Um, but my heart and my prayer is that you would never replace this. This is special. This is powerful. Uh, and whether it's church online or whether it's something else, I pray that you never replace what we do here on a Sunday morning. And, uh, and so in that, as we launch our series this morning, our new series uh, called Arise. And uh, Arise is all about worship. And um, this morning and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about worship. And I just think it's funny that, you know, over, uh, over COVID and these 17 weeks of, of church closed on a Sunday morning, um, as I've been talking to you, as I've been having conversations with you, um, the, 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 a common theme that came up was how much you missed worship. It was a common thing with, 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 with most people. It was the, the most common thing. People miss seeing everyone and people miss being here. Um, but people would always make a special mention that, you know, I miss live worship. I miss worshiping in the house. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's a coincidence. I, I don't think that it's, it's not just because, you know, we, we value worship or just because we have worshipers here. As true or false as that may be, I don't think it's a coincidence that people miss Worship here because worship is powerful. Worship is powerful. It has the ability to, to change mindsets. It has the ability to, to, to see miracles break out. It has the ability to do some pretty amazing stuff. And so I think it's not a coincidence that we miss worship because we were reminded of how powerful worship is when we worship together. And, uh, and can I tell you, church, sometimes we need to be reminded of some stuff. Is that true? We need to be reminded of some stuff. I mean, I, every week I have a weekly struggle. Do I take one bin out or two bins? It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm like, I'm getting old or something here. Like, does everyone struggle with this? It's, like, is, is you know, I'm, it, every week I get to the bin and I go, all right, now last week, do I take one? Do I take two? And, you know, and, and then it's got to the, you know, to the point now where it's like my, my system, my system, the model that I work with, is now I just wait for the neighbors and the street, right? And whatever bin they put out, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what, we're in this together, you know? And, um, you know, and, and, and then it gets super awkward, you know, when your neighbors have got one bin out and then the house across the street have got two bins out, right? Now you're like, someone's playing games or what's going on here, you know? Got to get the notepad out, start doing a tally and working out who's right and, you know, and what do I go with here? Do I go with the one or two? And, you know, we need to be reminded of some stuff. That's what I'm saying. And, uh, and I think over these 17 weeks, if there's one thing that you can be reminded of, it's that worship is powerful together. Corporate worship, there's something about it. When we come under the same roof, lifting up the same God, uh, that there's, there's something powerful about it. And over these 17 weeks, let us be reminded that worship is powerful. And, uh, uh, you know, I, when, it, when it comes to worship, uh, I, I don't ever want to worship God uh, for what He's done or for, for what He's done in my life. Or, sorry, let me rephrase that. I don't want to just worship God for what He's done for me or what's going on around me. All right? I want to, I want, I want to worship God for who He is. That's the power of worship. 
when we're worshiping God just because of God, you've, you've just blessed me and you've done all this amazing stuff in my life and that's great and let's do that. You know, and God, what's, there's stuff going around my life, whether it's good or bad, we can worship Him and, 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 and that's great and let's do that. But let's not just, just leave worship to only what He's going to do in your life or, what, or what's going around your life. I wonder if we could be a, a people who could just worship God for who He is. That regardless of what He's done for you or what's going on around you, we could choose. And I've got it behind me. Um, a, a slide behind me. I've just got, um, what have I got? Worship positions us to remember who God is. And that's the power of worship. It's one, the, one thing I love about worship, the power of it is that it can remind us who God is. I don't know about you, but when I'm singing those songs before, God, I, I, I'm reminded, God, I know that I can, I can raise the hallelujah in the middle of my enemies because I'm reminded of who you are. And as I'm worshiping God, it reminds me of the God that I serve. And that is the power of worship, that it can remind us of who He is. Um, church, because I believe that there are, there, there, are, there are people here, there is you right here this morning who have been through a lot over this season. You were on a journey this morning. Uh, some of you I've spoken to, and I know the journey that you're on. I know this, the, the, uh, uh, the, the thing that you may be going through, and that's just the ones that I know. I believe that there are others here, that you're going through some stuff. And over the last 17 weeks, you've been dealing with some things. Uh, and, and, and whether that's struggle, what, what, whatever struggle that may be, loneliness, fear, uh, uh, you know, a new chapter of your life, and you, and you now have to take another huge step of faith, and, and whatever that, that struggle you may be dealing with, uh, uh, can I tell you that there is, a, uh, uh, there is a refreshment from God, there is the presence of God that is available for you, available to you as we worship God for who He is. And I believe that whatever struggle you may be going through, whatever journey, wherever in the journey you may be this morning, I believe that we can remember who God is as we worship Him for who He is. And for me, that's the power of worship, that regardless of what He's done for you or what's going on around you, that right now you could focus on Him. It could remind yourself, that is the God that I serve. That is the God that I worship. And as you're reminded, as you're reminded of who He is, that there will be, there's, there's a refreshing there waiting for you. The presence, is God, the presence of God is there, ready for you as you set, as you focus your eyes upon Him. And so I believe that no matter what your 17 weeks have looked like, Maybe you were on a journey and going through something before COVID, but wherever you are right now, can I encourage you, can I tell you that worship is a great place to start? That if you don't know what else to do, you feel like you've tried everything and, and you, you just don't know where to go from now on, can I tell you that there's power in worship? And that right now, that this morning, you can make a choice, you can make a decision. God, I'm gonna worship you, not for what's going on around me, not for what you've done for me, but to worship you for who you are. Uh, there's a passage, uh, scripture that I want to read in John chapter 4, uh, verses 7 to uh, 9, we're going to look at. And, um, uh, and in the scripture, I'll just, uh, I'll paint it out a little bit just to, so we get the context of this. Jesus is, um, uh, Jesus and his disciples, uh, they're, they're in a village, they're in a, they're in a town, they're in a place, and, uh, and they decide to leave. And so they're, they're on this journey from, from one town to another. And, uh, and on their journey, uh, right, they, they get a bit weary, right? They get a bit, they're a bit tired from walking, right? No, no Jetstar, no Ubers, right? So they, they get a bit tired 
And uh, Jesus finds himself uh, in, in a place, in, in an area called Samaria. And, uh, and, he, and he comes up to this well, and he's feeling a bit tired, and he, and he waits there. He says, I'm just going to chill here for a bit. I'm a bit tired. You know, this has been a long walk. And, uh, you know, and he tells his disciples to go into the village and, and get some food uh, so they can continue this walk. And, and as he stops here, there's, uh, in, in Samaria, this Samaritan woman comes along. And, uh, and in John 4, uh, we, in chapter 4, we, we read this dialogue, this conversation that Jesus has with this Samaritan woman. And uh, so this morning we're going to look at this, and, and over probably next week we will, and uh, we'll, we'll probably stick around this, this, this story because there's a lot in this. Um, but this morning we're just going to read from John chapter 4, 7 to 9. And this is what happens. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He said uh, he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was, a, was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Okay, this is huge. And I want to stick around this for a little bit because uh, it just, I don't want to miss this. Um, understanding that, that Jews and Samaritans didn't like each other, okay? Uh, and this wasn't just like a, you know, but they, they look weird, you know, like, like Jews, you know, they got, they got funny ears, we don't like them. It wasn't just like a, you know, they've got funny, they got a funny gate outside Samaria and so the Jews are like, we're not going to hang with them. But this wasn't just a, we don't like you, this was like a deep-seated hatred that Jews and Samaritans had. And, uh, and, and I can't, I'm not, not going to go into it now, but you can actually look into it and go and, and, and you can go back and find out the, the generations before and where it all birthed from. Um, but there was just, there was this hatred between Jews and and Samaritans, and uh, and so this this uh, this was it was crazy. Actually, you read on. Um, I remember reading on in, in John eight, John chapter eight. You actually read a passage where Jesus is with uh, a group of people who hate him, and uh, and, they're, and they're insulting Jesus. They're paying him out. They're bagging him out. And and what do they say to insult him? They say, "You Samaritan," right? That's that's how much of a hatred there is. That's how much they hate each other. That that if you're a Jew you would call another Jew a Samaritan as an insult, as the lowest of lows to, to, you know, to pull them down. And so, and so they, this, this didn't happen, right? They didn't interact. And, um, and it's just amazing to me. And it, was this, 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 it came to me that why, uh, why, would, why would Jesus take this path? Right, he's from one village to another and, and, and I was sort of just, just digging deeper and, and reading some commentaries on this and, and it was amazing. And in verse 4, it says that they needed, uh, and my, my scripture says that they needed to go through Samaria. Uh, but it doesn't tell us why, right? Why did they need to go through? It's just like they need to, but what was the need? What for? Um, and, and when we read commentaries and, and his, historians, they say that there was, there was three paths, three paths that Jesus could have taken uh, to get from one town to where he wanted to go, right? He could, have, he could have followed the coastline up and he wouldn't have had to go anywhere near Samaria, he could have crossed the Jordan and gone straight up from there, wouldn't have had to go through Samaria. Or well, the third option was to go through Samaria and, 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 and risk this, this thing of, of coming in contact with, this, with Samaritan people, right? And so as, as they take this path, the disciples would have been onto it, right? The disciples, it was because it was common knowledge that, that Jews and, and, and Samaritans didn't get along. And so I believe that as they, as they start this path, they would have known, we've got to go through Samaria here. And, uh, and, you know, we read many times before in Scripture where the disciples 
had questions, but were too scared to ask Jesus, right? And I believe this just very well could have been one of those moments where they're like, why, why are we going through here? Like, do we have to go this way? Is Jesus aware that there's two other options, two other paths that we could have taken? This journey from, from here to there, do we really have to go this way? And, and it's amazing as we read later on in, in this story, the disciples come back from the village and, and they see Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman and, and the Bible and the scripture says that the disciples were shocked that Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman, right? They were shocked, right? The Samaritan woman was surprised when Jesus spoke to her, right? So it, to me, it sounds like a surprise birthday party. Like there was a, there's a lot of surprise and a lot of shock happening. Um, but this is, not, this is not something that was normal. It's not a surprise birthday party. This wasn't, a, uh, uh, this wasn't meant to happen, right? And so on this journey, Jesus finds himself in this position where the disciples are shocked. This woman is surprised. This is not how things are meant to go. And, uh, and, and, and I really felt God uh, wanted to, to, to tell you this morning that you were on a journey. That you were on a journey. Just like Jesus was from going from one place to another. You were on a journey here this morning. And, uh, and I feel like there are some of us here who, who have questions that you don't know the answers for. You have questions that, Jesus, why do we have to take this path? There's two other ways we could have gone to get to this place. Why do we go this way? And there's questions that you're asking. And, and, and maybe in your prayer life, you're, you're praying to God and just letting Him know that there was another option just in case He missed it. You know, has anyone ever done that? Like, God, just in case you didn't know, uh, this didn't have to happen to me, right? Uh, just in case you just happen to bypass. I know you're looking after the whole world. Just thought I'd remind you, right? And, and so there's questions that you may have that you don't know the answers for, Right? And, and, and you may be a little surprised. God, I've, been, I've been, been so over these 17 weeks, I've been doing this and I've been doing that church online and, and yet this is still hanging around my life and, and, and there's, there may be a bit of uh, shock in you and you're just saying, God, I, I thought this would have been done by now. I thought this would have been finished. I, I just thought this was gonna look different and, and, and you're in the same shoes as the disciples. This, this should have looked different. We, we were going from one place to another and now we're in Samaria. No, maybe oh, we just, if we just walk past and we don't have to talk to anyone, that'll be okay. But now Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman and what is going on? Has anyone been there? Maybe this morning you feel like you're there. What is going on? I'm surprised, God. I'm shocked. I, I, don't, I, I, I can't explain what's happening. And can I tell you that this story, as we, as we look into it, you know, Jesus had it all planned out. He took that path for a reason. He took that path because there was something that he had to do. The journey that he was on was needed. And, and can I encourage you that the journey that you may be on this morning, it may not be ideal. It may not be what or how you would have planned it. I know COVID wasn't how I would have planned it. I didn't sit down at all, not once. I didn't sit down with Pastor Lance and go, you know what, it'd be great if there was just 17 weeks of no church. I would love that. You know, let's pray that in, Pastor Lance. No, it didn't happen, right? Um, right? And sometimes, like, God, you know, it would, you realize that this is, you know, I'm new to, like, this is, this is new, right? It would have been great to be able to have a relationship with my church face-to-face every week. It would have been great, right? It's not how I planned it. And, uh, but can you understand this morning, and I believe that you are on a journey and, and, and uh, God 
ordained journey. God is with you. He is for you. And although it may not be what, what you think, what you like, it doesn't make sense right now. Can I encourage you that as we read this story, as we go on just a couple more verses, we look back and we go, all right, I see why. I see why they needed to go through Samaria. I see why they had to take this path. And so I don't know what your journey looks like, but can I tell you that during this journey, this is why I believe and we need to be reminded of worship. Because I believe that through this journey, through the journey that you're walking through right now, that worship is made available to you. It's a tool, it's a free tool that you can do. That you can fight, you can fall at the feet of Jesus and worship Him for who He is. And I believe that wherever you are in your journey, maybe you're just doing great and things are going well and you're just zoning out because you're like, crap, my life's good. Uh, can I encourage you that you have, it's something that we can inst- like install, instill in our lives that God, I will always worship you for who you are. When things are going good and when things are going bad, when the disciples, when, when Jesus is around and miracles and everything's good and everyone's happy, I'm gonna worship you. And when I'm on a journey and we're in the middle of Samaria, maybe you feel like you're in the middle of Samaria and you just feel like, like God's talking to a Samaritan woman, Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman, what's going on? Can I tell you that you have the opportunity to worship God for who He is. And I believe that as you worship God for who He is, not for what He's done or for what's going on around your life, you'll be reminded. As you worship Him for who He is, you'll be reminded of who He is. And when you're reminded of the God that we serve, the God that is above all else, the God uh, that is all-powerful, the God that is all-knowing, the God that loves you, that has enough uh, grace for you, that has enough peace for you, that has enough for you, that who can hold you and keep you wherever you are in your journey, when you remember that as you worship, I feel and I know that that will get you through. And in the midst of the questions of your journey, Powerful is, such, is something so, worship is something so powerful that you can do. Say, God, I know who you are. And I used the scripture earlier on this morning. I just want to read it again and, and take a bit of a different angle from this. Romans 8.28. Um, it says, uh, I was encouraged this week uh, to, uh, uh, to look at the amplified version um, of, this, of this scripture. I was talking to someone and, and I mentioned it to them, the scripture, and they're like, hey, look at the Amplified Version. And, uh, uh, and you know what? It really amplifies the scripture. You know? Imagine that. And uh, so Romans 8.20, I've got it behind me. This is what the Amplified Version says. And we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us. Don't miss that. Don't miss it causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. Do you know when I thought of great confidence, when I read that, the first thing that came to my mind, my light switch at home. Yeah, and I challenged myself. I thought, was there ever a time where I was driving home from work and maybe I just bought ingredients for dinner and was there ever a time where I'm driving home and I just went, I hope when I get to the kitchen and I turn that light on, I hope it works. I need to cook dinner and I need to make it happen. And I thought, has there ever been a time where I go to a light switch and I go to turn it on and I just wait that one second and go, oh man, I hope this works. Like, please, I'm looking and I close my eyes and do, you know, like, like I've never done that. <laughs> I'm not, and if you have, that's okay. <laughs> but, but, but I've never done that. And, and I'm just reading this going, a great confidence. I mean, I have a great confidence in my light switch, right? And my light switch is not deeply concerned with me. 
So how much more confidence can I have in a God who is deeply concerned with me, okay? And, and, and so there, there was never a time where I was laying in bed and, and my head's racing and, and I'm tossing until I'm hot and I'm cold and, and I roll over and I, and I wake Grace up and she's like, what do you want? You know, and, and um, baby's going to wake up in an hour. And like, but, um, you know, and not once have I rolled over and go, oh, do you reckon like when I, when I wake up and go get a glass of water in the morning, do you reckon the water's going to run out? Like I just can't sleep. I'm just, no, no, I've never done that. I've never hit my alarm and woken up and go, oh man, I want a glass of water, but oh, like maybe oh, I'll just leave it just in case it doesn't work, right? We've got a great confidence in day-to-day things that are man-made, things that we could do without, things that don't have our best at heart. And here we, we, we're told and we can be encouraged that we can have a great confidence in a God who is deeply, deeply concerned about you. Do you know that this morning? God is deeply concerned about you. And that is why it was needed for Jesus and the disciples to go through Samaria. Because God was deeply concerned about that Samaritan lady. He was deeply concerned about her. And so Jesus did walk his journey, although it didn't make sense, although there was questions, although there were, he could have gone different ways, it was needed because Jesus was concerned. And isn't it amazing that as, as, as Jesus speaks, and she finds faith, she comes and she believes, you know what she does? She runs back to the village that, where she was from, grabs everyone she can, and says, you gotta come with me. I gotta show you something. This is amazing. You've got to come see this. And, it, and she brings in a village with her back to Jesus, and they all get saved as well. Right? Now it's a party, you know, surprise and shock. Like it's a party going on now with people getting saved. Uh, can I tell you that right now in your life, it may not make sense. But I really believe, I honestly believe, as we worship God for who He is, wherever you are on your journey, God will use it. God will use all things for good. Right? Why? How do I know that? And why? who do we worship God for who He is? Because He's a God who is deeply concerned with you. Um, last, last scripture I want to look at uh, this morning, uh, John chapter 4, verses 10. This is the next verse that carries on. Um, but I just want to finish with this thought. And so the conversation goes on in verse 10. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift, come on, don't miss that. If only you knew, if only you knew, someone here needs to hear that. If only you knew the, 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 the journey that God has you on, if only you knew the next couple of verses, if only you knew, you would know that this is where God wants you. This is exactly where God needs you to be. And so Jesus says, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to. You would ask me and I would give you living water. You know what? God uses all things for good. Uh, And it's amazing that while church has been closed on a Sunday morning, as a church, we've been able to launch an online life group. How amazing is that? That that during this season, uh, we saw and have seen uh, an online life group that meets uh, weekly on a Tuesday night, 7.30, uh, to have a Bible study. How amazing is that? Don't tell me that God can't use all things, uh, right, for good. And, um, and, and it was amazing that, um, and it was totally not planned, but uh, on Tuesday night, uh, at our Bible study, we actually looked at this theme of living water. 
throughout the biblical text. This theme of living water that we see in the Old Testament, we see in the New Testament. And when we dug into that, what does this mean? What does God mean about that? Why is it in the Old Testament, New Testament? How does this all join together? And, um, and, and can I just say that yeah, Jesus here, and I will give you living water. You know, as we were doing that Bible study on, on Tuesday, um, you know, we were reminded of, of a desert. And I was reminded and, and of, of, of what it's like. What, what do you think about when you think of a desert? You know, and things like, you know, feel dry, feel lost, feel hopeless, you know, feel desperate. You know, it's a dangerous place to be. And sometimes we can feel that spiritually. Sometimes spiritually we feel like we're in the desert. We feel lost. We feel hopeless. We feel distance from, distant from people. It's a dangerous place to be. And, and, and we, get, we get desperate. And I just wanted to, this morning, let you know that there is a living water made available to you. A living water made available to you. A gift of living water that you can receive. And this living water can sustain you. This living water can hold you. It can refresh you. It can keep you uh, in all areas, in all seasons. It can, it can hold and sustain you for a lifetime. And I just want to say, I want to finish by saying, you know what? The world has tried to duplicate that. The world has tried to duplicate this living water. And it's tried to, 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 to sell and to show and to give us. The enemy has tried to, tried to uh, uh, sell us things that will hold us, that will keep us. That spiritually we may be thirsty for living water. And the enemy tries to put stuff in front of our face and say, hey, try this. Hey, give this a go. And, and, and we may take it from time to time and, and it quenches our thirst, but it just doesn't hit the spot. And we find that after a moment, after a season, after a time, we were thirsty again. And we find we need to go to something else. And that didn't work and we try something else. And that didn't work and we have to try something else. And I want to tell you this morning, there is a living water, a gift available for you this morning. That there is a refreshment of, of the living water that you can receive today. And I believe that you can receive that today as you just come and worship God for who He is. That when you lift your hands and you look to Him and you praise Him and you honour Him and you worship Him for who He is, that He is the God above every other God. He is the name above every name. That He is the God that is infinite in all things. He is abundant in all things. And every need that I have, He can meet because there is nothing that He lacks. And that is the God that I serve. And when I understand that, that is the living water. That is the God that I can run to. I will continue to worship God for who He is. And wherever I am on this journey, wherever you are right Right now, I want to encourage you. Can you worship Him? Wherever you are, there is a living water, a gift available for you to take. And I believe that this morning you can be refreshed. That this morning as you worship, let His presence, let His living water flow over you.